What's going on, y'all? Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Brian Bearfield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Yeah, man. So it's been a, it's been another crazy week, uh, week three of the NFL, man. So, uh, man, if you had to describe one word, man, what would you describe this one word as this past weekend's games, man? Surprised. There was a lot of games that surprised me this past weekend that I did not see coming. Yeah, man. There was, a, there was the, uh, the element of surprise was definitely a, uh, a, 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 a shocker. But you know, it's the, the first couple of weeks of the season will kind of get that through anybody. But uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, man, Tom, where you can find you at, BB? Uh, you can find me at Big Star Sports at uh, on Insta- Big Star Sports with a Z on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Brian L. Barefield, Big Sarge on uh, on Facebook. Yeah, once again, you can find me on Instagram at Money Compton and then also on Facebook at Eric Compton. Once again, email the show. Show us some love at Sports Business, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com, man. But uh, let me ask you this question, man, because uh, this question has kind of gotten the, uh, the league by storm right now, man. What is considered the tackle in the, in, in the National Football League, bro? <laughs> I don't know what it is anymore, man. I feel like the league is turning into two-hand touch in a second, at least at least on the quarterbacks. At least on yeah. the quarterbacks, it's going to be two-hand touch, or they're just going to put flags on the side, and once you snatch the flag, the play is over. Yeah, man, and the, the reason why I was asking you that is because uh, Clay Matthews, man, poor little Clay Matthews, this man, for three weeks in a row, then got penalized for three roughing, roughing the passers, and especially the last two weeks, they look like legitimately clean hits, and he, he's practically costing his team the loss, huh? You know, costing this team the game. I know that they lost to the Washington Redskins 31-17 against the Green Bay Packers. But, uh, you know, that was a huge momentum shifter. I think it was on a big third down conversion. And they they got they called him, to me, would look like a clean, legitimate hit. Like, he, he you know, he, he didn't have it. It wasn't a helmet-to-helmet uh, contact. His, his uh, ear hole of his helmet was uh, on the on the way side of Alex Smith, the quarterback. And he just did a, a textbook one-on-one tackle that you, you're, you're uh, taught at uh, Pee Wee League, man. So I don't know what the what the league's going to do, but um, it ain't looking good, man. And uh, it it puts Green Bay behind the eight ball. Now, next thing you know, you have all of these, um, you know, rough rough in the passing calls that are just being just egregious, egregiously called, as well as just you know these these defensive liners and people on the defense just don't even know what a uh, what a tackle is. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, BB, but uh, one of the defensive linemen out of the Miami Dolphins who sacked Derek Carr yesterday tore his ACL because he was in fear of putting all of his body weight on the quarterback. So he ended up trying to roll, doing like a gator roll, and he ended up tearing his dog on ACL. And he's out for the year just because he was trying to protect the quarterback. He ended up costing himself the whole season of, of uh, football, man. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen uh when I read that article, uh, what was his name? Like Henley or something like that? William yeah. Henley? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I seen that, bro. And I was like, wow, I don't know what I, I don't know what they're gonna do in the league. The 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 problem is is the letter of the law. It's the it's the rule, it's the the wording of the rule. And they need to go in and change the wording of the rule mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, some of these hits can 
can become legal. And uh, it's sad that, you know, the league, what is the league going to come out and tell the Miami Dolphins? They're just going to come out and tell them, you know, we apologize. You know, I mean, it's it sure to, you know, it's a, it's a bad break for you all, but he was at least, you know, he at least did the right thing by not putting his weight. So um, he saved the quarterback. My, my problem is, it's like some of what these talking heads on, uh, on TV is saying, you know, it's like, oh, I, I think that the, that the, it's great because I don't want to see, uh, you know, quarterbacks like Brett Favre or Drew Brees or uh, um, Tom Brady out the game. Like, you know, I think that the, the, the rule is, is good because it protects them and keeps them in the game because that's what I want to see. Well, I don't care if they're on the football field and they should be able to get hit. And if they should get it, and it, I don't think there should be any special rules for a quarterback when there's no special rules for. I don't know if you've seen the uh, play where the uh, Falcons offensive lineman rolled up on the defensive backs uh, mm-hmm. leg the day, and now he's out for. He's uh, out for. I think Patrick, the guy was it Patrick uh, something? Allen, Allen, uh, the safety for the Atlanta Falcons actually tore his uh, Achilles. Um, I can't think of his name right now. I think his last name is Allen. I'll definitely look it up. Um, yeah, but yeah, but like, I, but yeah, like crazy. you said. Yeah, um, a lot of these, a lot of these defenders, the, the guys on the defense don't get the right amount of protection as the people such as a quarterback does. Man, um, it's just crazy because, like you said, you know, eventually are we just gonna, are we just gonna see a two hand touch where the quarterback is just gonna? I mean, you might just go ahead and do what they do at, uh, on the practice field and just give the quarterbacks, you know, either the red jerseys or the black jerseys, and just saying they untouchable and they just gonna have to have a, a two hand touch. Um, I, I don't know what they do because contact football is a contact sport. It's just part of the game. And we have had unfortunate situations where, you know, Tom Brady ended up being out for the year. I believe uh, it was a playoff game and Carson Palmer blew his ACL out, got hit low. Um, and he was ended up, he ended up being out. Um, we've seen, you know, we've seen all kinds of different things um, where, you know, players, it's just part of the game. And it's just something that you have to roll with. I mean, if I can, if memory recalls me, besides Brett Favre, I can think of every Hall of Fame quarterback had to miss some type of significant time, and the team has had to have to drive on. So I don't know why the NFL is so invested in protecting the quarterback because, you know, I guess because they're the ones that are on the commercials the most, or whatever the case may be. But I just don't see what the what what I don't know what the end all be all is. But they definitely need to change the letter of the law, the rule. Uh, but it's just an unfortunate situation. But kind of going back to the X's and O's, man, um, about that uh, Washington team and uh, the Green Bay Packers game is uh, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't look healthy, man. Uh, he just he looks like he needs to take a week off. Um, I don't know what they could end up doing. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, man? Because Aaron, Rod- do you think Aaron Rodgers needs to take some time off? Because <clears throat> I think he does. I really think he does. Do you think he will? No. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is still under that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still plays in the shadow of Brett Favre. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, were pro- they would say, well, Brett Favre wouldn't do it. Brett Favre is the Iron Man. And, and he, you know, so that's what they, that all, all the, the, especially the Packers fans. So I think that he should, that he, that knee is never going to heal. It's only going to get worse the more he plays on it. They're going to have to sit him down eventually. I know. He can get healthy. Yeah, and I'm looking at the schedule right now. So next week they play Buffalo. The week after that they play Detroit. And the week after that they play San Francisco before they head into the bye. So if you take Aaron Rodgers out, I'm saying they should be able to win at least two out of those three games. Or at least one for sure, whether that's being Buffalo or uh, San Francisco. But... I would definitely say that Aaron Rodgers, this is the perfect time to sit Aaron Rodgers because on the backhand schedule, the next two following three games after that, they go to Los, the Los Angeles Rams, they play at New England, and they play Miami. Right now, as of 
today Miami is three and zero. So if you need to rest Aaron Rodgers, I would say this this time, like right now, would be the perfect time to rest him because they played on such a terrible condition field yesterday up in D.C. where it was practically raining the whole game. I mean, you know, it kind of reminded me of that whole RG three situation when he broke his knee out, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that the Washington facilities, as far as that field out there, FedEx Field, is not the best upkept fields out of the National Football League. Like so many players have complained and, uh, and said that that's the worst side that they can play on, and I don't know what it is about the groundskeeping, but they just don't. They don't. They don't maintain. Uh, they don't do no PMCS on that field. So um, it's just. No, it's, it's just it's terrible, bro. I've, I've been there. It's terrible. So it's it's very interesting. But it's something that kind of caught my eye was uh, Adrian Peterson has turned back the clock this year. He he looks fresh. Um, he didn't really you know play in the preseason, but you know 19 carries for a buck 20 on the on the ground and two touchdowns. I mean. Hey, we looking at Adrian Peterson like it's what 2008 when he was with the Minnesota Vikings with Brett Favre, man. What's going on with yeah. that? I don't know what you did, but I, I mean, we see we see Adrian Peterson do good one week, then he comes back and have 21 yards the next week, and now he did good on yesterday. I, I don't know. I, I need a larger sample size. I need to see a. Uh, I need to see AP. You know, by week 10, let mm-hmm. me see, and I can tell you what he's what he's going to be going into going into the um into in, in the, the further on into the season. I just don't see AP, man. I, I don't know. He's had too many injuries. And I know he's a freak of nature. I know that he's one of those guys who, you know, a physical specimen. But I just don't know what the what, what the overall number of carries are going to be for him come week 10. And if they are in playoff contention, can he, can Adrian Peterson lead the Washington Redskins, you know, through, through the, well, the team in Washington, excuse me, through the uh, playoffs? Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see what AP can do. Uh, um, he, I think he started off the season uh, kind of hot, and then week two he kind of trailed off. But um, he's definitely been super-duper inconsistent. But I will say between uh, him starting off in New Orleans last year and ending in Arizona, I think this is a good reset, a good time for him to hit that reset button. And he's, you know, he's actually been able to be under one one team under one roof this whole season. So even though he was a late call up uh, right before week one, it'll be definitely interesting to see what ends up happening with him. But like you said, I think the Washington R's are going to be a, 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 a interesting team this year. They don't have they have a pretty good offensive line where they're able to move the ball as far as running the ball. Um, their defenses, uh, I think I read somewhere as far as statistical wise, one of the top tier defenses in the league right now. That's been a uh, not been talked about compared to like your Dallas's, uh, your Minnesotas, but they have, they don't have a bad defense. So it'll be definitely interesting to see what the team in Washington ends up doing. But uh, yeah, man, it was just it was just a misfortune thing, and I kind of feel bad for Clay, uh, Clay Matthews, man, because that's three weeks in a row where he, you know, week one he almost he almost if it wasn't for that interception he gave that game away. Week two, same thing uh, where they ended up with the tie in Minnesota and. You know, we you know yet last yesterday the same thing ends up happening with them. So that joke in case you can't catch a break right now. So I don't know who we done did where they just making him as the uh, end all be all uh, uh, flag boy right now. But that's what it looks like he is, man. So uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see what the Green Bay Packers end up doing. Um, I think they should go ahead and sit Aaron Rodgers out this week. I think they should be able to beat the Buffalo Bills uh, this coming Sunday. But it'll be interesting to see. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers has that macho man mentality. He probably won't sit out these three games. But I'm saying if you could sit out, if, if, if you have the best time to sit out, this is the perfect time of those next three games, especially with San Francisco on that tail end. Um, but uh, we definitely going to take a look at this one game. That uh, Man, if you got the NFL Red Zone channel out there, uh, folks, man, I'm pretty sure 
the first half of the good day, I, it felt like the Red Zone channel was just on this game the whole time because it was just so much score back to back to back. And I'm talking about the uh, NFL's version, like we say, call it, I called it yesterday, the NFL's version of the Bayou Classic with the New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons, man. They threw up, uh, New Orleans ended up beating Atlanta uh, 43 to 37, but uh, man, uh, Drew Brees ended up uh, breaking Brett Favre's uh, completion uh, record as well. Uh, but uh, man, it was just nonstop action. And I don't know if that was just good offense or bad defense. Uh, what, what, what say you, man? Uh, I, so here's my thing when it comes to the to, to that game. I, I'm going to say, like I said on the pregame show, I don't know what to expect from the New Orleans Saints defense. Mm-hmm. If they expect, you know, if, uh, for every touchdown Drew Brees throws, they go out and they give one up. And how, mm-hmm. how much longer does Drew Brees have in him to, to, to throw five and six touchdowns to keep that defense in the game? I mean, they won, but, I mean, if you look at the way that they that they won, I mean, the defense gave up entirely too many yards and too many scores. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta, Atlanta should have should have won that game. But I, I, I will say this. I don't uh, – I'm so confused and baffled by what the Saints' defense is going to become. They haven't given – in three weeks, they haven't given me any inclination that – they're going to be better. Yeah, man. I don't know what's going. Like I said, I don't know what's up with that defense, man. Because it just feels like they just they're just gonna sit there and just let. It almost feels like they're just giving that ball. They're just saying, "Hey, our our offense is so high powered and so high strong that we're just gonna be able to out out point you point for point." And I just don't know if that's something that can go on late into December when it's coming down to the nitty gritty when you're playing in that in, in NFC South division when you got a surge in Tampa Bay team that looks like they've come out of nowhere. You got Carolina that always plays anybody tough with that good defense with Luke Keekley back there. And then, you know, you've got Atlanta. You, I, there's just, you can only do so many shootout games. And that just reminds me of, I believe it was 2001 after the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time that won the Super Bowl where Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk. They was out here blowing everybody out, but they their defense was just so terrible. They couldn't do nothing but sit there trying to outpoint people. And just as, that just doesn't work in NFL. That might be able to work in the Big 12 and college football or maybe even the SEC, but um, it, it just doesn't. It, that's just something that just you can't contribute here in the NFL, man. That whole matching them point for point, or we're going to play this Big 12 league, uh, first, 12, uh, first team up to 70 points is going to win. It just doesn't work like that. So I don't know what adjustments the D coordinator for uh, – for the Saints need to do, but uh, they need to do something quick, fast, and hurry. But on the other hand, I was actually happy to see that uh, who, uh, Matt Ryan actually got other receivers involved. You know, it looks like Calvin really finally balled out, had three touchdowns, um, 146 yards catching the ball. Julio Jones had a very pedestrian game with 96 yards, and then Muhammad Sanu also cut a touchdown as well. So I was really happy to see Matt Ryan's actually throwing the rock around. And, you know, taking a little bit of pressure off of Julio because, I mean, after all, that is the reason why they brought Cal- they drafted Calvin really in the first round. So it's definitely interesting to see. But also at the same time, man, that defense, man, they don't look like the defense of the two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. But I don't know what they ended up needing to do on but, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do, man. Anything, anything else on that, man? Uh, no, I just um, – I, I, I'm glad to see, you know, that it's actually starting to um... – to throw the ball to different receivers. And I think that that's going to help uh, in the long run. Now they, mm-hmm. they're going to have to – they won't be able to roll the coverage um, towards him all the games uh, – every game if he keeps, you know, spreading the ball out like he is. And, you know, as a Cowboy fan, though, man, I just sit here and just – man, I just sigh because I know hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty. We didn't know, you know, this is just like when they passed up 
man, I think it was 1998 is when it was 1998 when the Cowboys passed on Randy Moss and took Greg Ellis. This year they passed on Calvin Ridley to take Leighton Vander Esch. And I'm saying to myself, bro, real life, not 1998 all over again. Yeah, man, and I think Calvin Ridley is just, you know, it's just one of those things where. Uh, 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 Alabama, it, you know, just that 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 Alabama tree bloodline, man. Because you got Julio Jones. That's he he was uh, he got drafted out of Alabama. Uh, Amari Cooper was out of Alabama. Now you got Calvin Ridley. Um, it looks like Jaron Judy's gonna be another stellar guy that's gonna come in the league. So it's like these Alabama receivers, man. They just come in the league and just start dominating, bro. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of surprised that he slipped so far down the uh, down the draft down to the you know the what is it the high twenties that he came down to. So, yeah, um, I thought he would have been a mid-first rounder because he's really, really, really good. And I thought that he didn't get his due diligence even while he was at Alabama. So, um, I'm happy to see that young man out here balling out because I'm a huge Calvin Ridley fan. And his brother, uh, his brother at Georgia ain't too bad either, too, man. So, uh, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a beast, too. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he ends up doing, too. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, the Bayou Classic workout, it was another shootout, man. So, it'll be definitely interesting to see what uh, – the next one down in the, uh, New Orleans entails uh, later on this year. But uh, moving on, man, uh, let me ask you this question, BB man. Is it too early to start panicking in New England? My answer is no. No, I, I don't think so either. For some reason, they tend to always find a way to get it done in November and December. And so that's the one thing that, that has to scare you is that come November or December. But uh, if Miami keeps playing the way that they're playing, you never know what Jets team you're going to get. And you, I don't even want to put Buffalo in there. But, nah. I mean, this may be this may be a year that somebody actually gives them a run for their money in the AFC East. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in the long run, they'll win the AFC East. I just don't see them going back to the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think that they're strong enough on the defensive side of the ball At to all. go back to the go go back to the uh, to the uh, Super Bowl. I think they have one of the worst secondaries in football, man. Like their DBs are just terrible. Um, they got the McCourty brothers, who I feel like they've been in the league for guys probably when. Uh, uh, Deion Branch was out there winning the Super Bowls from back in 03-04. Like, them dudes have been in the league for a minute. Um, Gilmore hasn't been able, you know, he hasn't been the best uh, quarterback after they got him from Buffalo. So, um, and Dante Hightower just looks like he ain't been himself after, I believe he blew his Achilles out. He had a chest injury too last year that he ended up missing the whole season. So, um, Dante Hightower doesn't look like he's in midseason form yet. Um, <clears throat> however, on the offensive side of the ball, which is very interesting, like I get it, Julian Edelman's out. Um, Josh Gordon, we don't know when he's going to suit up. But the fact that they only had three wide receivers suit up and play yesterday, I found that very, very interesting. This is so running back heavy, but it's like a running back by committee type of type of deal but uh I don't know what I don't know what the offensive side of the ball is looking like Gronkowski's looking like he's 30 or 40 years old right now he doesn't look like he's uh you know uh ready to play yet I don't know if you heard about the whole you know when Matt Patricia ended up going to Detroit that the Patriots were on the uh were thinking about trading them to Detroit and uh Gronkowski basically said I'm not going anywhere and if you do trade me I'm retiring because Tom Brady's my quarterback so it looks like there's a little bit of chips in the armor. Um, I don't know what that entails yet, but uh, I think it's definitely too early to tell. Uh, you know, I'm not as far as a, a, a scale of one to ten. I'm not panicking about the New England Patriots now. If they do lose against uh, Miami, who looks like they're a very, very good team all of a sudden, then I mean that puts them what I believe three and a half games back in the AFC East. So 
yeah, I don't. I think this week will be a make it or break it game. I would definitely say it's a must win game for them to kind of keep them at that two and two because they all, like you said, they always come out the blocks really, really slow. They end up uh, uh, coming out and finishing strong. But I don't know if the streak of however many years it's been now that they've been to the AFC Championship game. I don't know if that'll keep on lasting. But uh, I'm not really worried about the Patriots, like you said, about them, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see it either. Yeah. So. Um, you were at this game yesterday, and so like I said, some of y'all don't know my battle. My battle buddy is a legit uh, contributor to the National Football League. He is a uh, the sports columnist for Houston Star Magazine. If you haven't checked out his recent uh, article out there, it's available online. He does great work with the Houston Astros as well as the Houston Texans, um, where he talked about the home cooking with the Houston Texans coming back home. And they just had a little bit more pop. They were happy to be at home, opening up for that home stadium. I know it was cracking out there, BB, but uh, they kind of fell flat yesterday against the New York Giants. And like we said, somebody zero had to go. And uh, you and I had all of our eggs in the basket saying that the Texans was going to, uh, you know, do that dizzle. But it turned out that the New York Giants ended up uh, kind of slipping some of them haymakers y'all was throwing and uh, ended up hitting y'all out with the knockout punch, man. Yeah, they, 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 uh, the the Texans did not look good. Um, the Texans did not look good at all on yesterday. The problem with the Texans is they start too slow. It, they always start slow, and they, they come alive in the second half. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Texans this year have been outscored 55 to 19 in the first half. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's it's one of those things where they have not put together complete two complete halves mm-hmm. of football. On yesterday, they gave up 263 yards. 263 yards in the uh, first half mm-hmm. uh, to the Giants, and then the defense only gave, but they gave up 20 points, 263 yards in the first half. First half, right? The second half, they gave up seven points and 116 total yards. Mm-hmm. While, yeah. while while having um, like almost 200 and something yards, um, 200 and something yards uh, in the second half themselves, and scoring uh, 20, 20, no, 16 points. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at Deshaun Watson's numbers, man, he looked like he had a pretty good game. You know, 24 for 40 at 385, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, looks like Will Fuller, you know, he I, did he miss the first two games or he just missed the first game? Uh, he just missed the first game. Yeah, so Will Fuller, he, you know, he balled out yesterday with five catches at 100 yards, you know, caught a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, with 86 yards. But um, let me ask you this question, man. How good is Odell Beckham in person, man? Because... You got to actually have the honor and privilege to actually speak to him after the game yesterday. But uh, what's your thoughts on him? Does he look like he's locked and loaded yet so far this year? Like, is he a different type of player? Because all around the league, everyone's saying that, you know, he's, it looks like he's matured a little bit. You know, he's not doing the outlandish things as far as being OBJ. He's just more like Odell Beckham. What's your thoughts on that, man? Because I know you saw I saw your snippet yesterday when you were interviewing him. Man, I didn't. I, I haven't. Um, I, that was my first time ever seeing OBJ in person, man. And so I don't know. You know, outside of what I see on television, I don't know what it was before, but I know that on yesterday, man, he's one of the, he's one of the coolest guys that you ever want wanted to meet, man. He mm-hmm. answered all our questions. He stood there and he answered all our questions. He had to take care of the Giants' uh, media personnel first, so we stood there and we waited for a second. But he was by far one of the, you know, best best people I've met since I've been covering uh, covering the NFL, man. It was just like very humble, very you know, just down to earth, laid back. I mean, he's just. He just seemed like he was a, you know, he just seemed like he was a very, very cool guy. Mm, okay, I got you. So, so, 
Uh, also, man, listen, uh, uh, just to piggyback off that, too, I got a chance to talk to a lot of people yesterday. Uh, uh, what's, is it Evan Ingram from... Uh, Evan Ingram, yeah, from yeah. the tight end. He yeah, got hurt yesterday, right? Yeah, he, he's out. He's day-to-day with the MC. I got a chance to talk to him, man. Cool guy. B.W. Webb is by far one of the coolest guys. Like, when I say, when I say, B, when I look at B.W. Webb, when I say cool, I'm talking about, like, he the guy that you gonna kick it with. Oh, like, yeah. B.W. Yeah, B.W. ready to kick it. Him and uh, Ray Ray. Um, Ray Ray Armstrong? Yes. Former San Francisco 49. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ray Ray, Ray is cool. And Landon Collins, man. Here, quick story. Landon Collins, when I was uh, standing there, you know, the media, when, when I was standing there, and it was a group of us trying to ask some questions. Mm-hmm. And every time I went to ask a question, the Giants uh, media uh, radio uh, personality would jump in. So mm-hmm. in the middle, in the, if, if you look at the, uh, at, at, did you see the interview that I put online? Yeah, yeah. I saw the one with Landon Collins and uh, OBJ. Yeah. Yeah, so if you look at the one with Landon Collins, bro, he actually turns to me and be like, hey, bro, what you got? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was like, because he knew that the dude kept cutting me off. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, y'all, like I said, this ain't no barbershop talk. Like, we got some, like, my man, my battle buddy, my, my, uh, my, my, uh, I would say my Jedi master over here. Like, we ain't no, we ain't no Tom Dick and James out here just sitting around the barbershop, just sitting uh-huh. in the chair, just chopping it up, man. Like, we, we do this for a living, man. So, uh. You know, I hope you guys enjoy the things that my, my battle brother uh, does a lot out there because he covers a lot of Houston Texans stuff. But not only that, he gets to cover the other side of the ball. So, you know, he keeps it straight down the middle. And that's one thing I like about you, bro. Like, you keep it 100. Play, you know, you play it right there on the 50-yard line. I mean, you ain't on the 49-yard line at the home team or the away team, man. So, that's one thing I can always say about you, bro. You keep it 100, man, all the I time. I try to, bro. I try to. <laughs> but you do a good job trying, man. I'll tell you that, man. But, uh... Is it a, is there a certain is there a sense of urgency in Houston? Yes, yes. I mean, you you can't. They'll never come out and say it, but you can see it in the players' faces. Like nobody hates nobody hates not to you know have a victory. Nobody hates to be O and whatever. <laughs> so they you know they know they know that they're right there on the brink. They have the talent, bro. They're right, right there on the cusp. They have the talent. It's just being able to put it all together. I'm hoping that if Bill O'Brien doesn't go out and get an offensive coordinator, I hope he sits Deshaun Watson down and says, man, look, what's comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. What can we do to make this offense, like, like what do you want to do? Kind of like what Andy Reid did, did, Andy Reid did with Patrick Mahomes. Like, listen, mm-hmm. we can bring some of the old stuff from Texas Tech if that's what makes you feel comfortable. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. And that's what, and that's what I think that, uh, that he needs to do, man. Coach O'Brien. Man, I'm, I, I've been like, I, I just don't know about Bill O'Brien, man. I don't know if this dude's a good coach or he just ended up being in a in a, in a fortunate situation when he ended up uh, becoming, I think he was uh, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots before he came down to the Texans or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know if he's a good coach because even on the defensive side of the ball, they're a good team. But I would think with all that talent that they got on there with the Honey Badger, Jay, uh, Davian Clowney, J.J. Watt, uh, Merciless on that team, that they would be, you know, they would be able to keep, you know, they would be a top echelon defense team, and I just, I don't know. I've never really been a huge fan of Bill O'Brien. I think, like, he's just, like, he's a Bill Belichick wannabe, always trying to be monotone, and I don't know about him, man. Yeah, you talking, you talking about Bill O'Brien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he falls from the, he, you know, he comes from the Belichick tree, man. You know, they all have that same personality that Belichick mm-hmm. has, you know. It's, you know, it, it's this way, this is the way it's going to be, or it ain't going to be no way. So, you know, they all have that. He's he's actually, 
away from the mic, he's really a nice guy. Away from the mic, I mean, he's like, he laughs, he smiles, he jokes around and everything, you know. But once he gets behind that mic, and he has to know that uh, that it's one of those things where he, he has to know that it's one of those things where his job is on the line, even though they just gave him an extension. But you can't go oh, back to three. back. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't go back to back years, like four and 12, or even five and 11. Yeah. So you could probably give him like a half a season to get it together, but. I mean, he is one of those guys that's a, you know, that's a cool guy. Yeah, so, and like you said, man, the top times is ticking for him. Like, yeah, you did sign a huge extension, but the team is healthy right now, so there's really no excuses why they lose into a team like the New York Giants, man. But uh, I'm not giving up hope on y'all yet. I got more hope in y'all than I do in my Raiders. So, uh, <laughs> somebody got to hold it down for somebody. So, I think I'm going to put my eggs in my basket and go move on to you. But uh, you brought up another young cat right now. This young Thundercats out here just taking the lead by the storm earlier. And we just going to roll right into there. Uh, you brought up Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. And, man, do the Kansas City Chiefs look like they are just the, the bomb.com or what right now? You said that the Kansas City Chiefs, do they like they're the bomb.com? Yeah, do they, do they not look like they with it, man? Do they not look like they just the most swagged out team right now in, in football? Bro, they they do. They And I really want to say, man, look at them. But what have I been saying for the last uh, three weeks now, bro? It's like, I just don't trust them. And I'm going to get into that right now. And, and I'm not to cut you off, but I'm definitely about to get into it, so... I think yesterday was the first game where I'm like, yes, they are balling out of control. They threw up 35 points at halftime, but guess how much they gave up on? They gave up 30. It was 35-10 at the halftime. The game should have been over, right? Like, the game should have been over. They only scored three points in the second half, and they ended up giving up 17 in the second half. Like, I told you, I I kept telling you that I think this defense ain't made to sit here and just be holding teams down. And they ended up giving up 17 points and only scoring three on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of halftime. That, to me, is just a, a warning sign. Of, of worse things yet to come. Like, yes, the offense is looking swagged out. Like, they out here just, you know, just doing it. You know, like, they just, you know, it's like that one platoon sign, man, when they go on that nice little, you know, Friday before the weekend run, man, and they sit they got that one uh, NCO that's out there just rocking out the cadences, man. So, yeah. they look like they rocking out the cadences going down, but then next thing you know, they got that one dude who wants to sit there and act like he could uh, sing them cadences, and he can't sit there and sing them because he can't suck up all that wood and sing at the same time. And next thing you know, if that run just starts getting dra- it starts dragging on the way back, like man, it was fun going down, but on the way back, it's just been terrible. So I think that's what ended up happening yesterday in the second half with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like they look, they they just don't look. I don't I don't know, but I think this is something that people need to be seeing is that yes, they can light up the scoreboard, but they're gonna give up a lot on the back end because that defense isn't made to just be out on the field seventy to eighty percent of the time, man. Because they are just scoring the ball so doggone fast, it's not giving a chance for the defense to recoup, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, but uh, moving on the other side of the ball, yes, they were, uh, you know, it was practically the game was over at halftime. And I guess you could say the second half was garbage time. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, I would say it's a more of an unfortunate situation for the player, but not the organization. And I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they found out that his ACL was torn. His ACL as well as his MCL was in the torn. He's going to be gone for the end of the year. So when I say I feel bad for Jimmy G, I do feel bad for him. I never wish any player to have any type of injury, God forsaken injury like that, especially ACL, man. Like, you know, it takes a year, a year and a half for that to come all the way back. But as far as the 49ers as an organization, I don't feel bad for them at all. Like, this is something that I think karma ended up biting them in the you-know-who. 
because I think this stems all the way back to Colin Kaepernick. This also stems back to paying a quarterback that you have only you've not seen anything. And now that you've tied so much money into this quarterback, you can't bring nobody else in to give him any assets on the outside or as well as in the backfield. And not to mention, Jared McKinney just signed a nice contract this year, and he's out for the year. So now it's like, what do they do now? Like, I mean, the, the, the National Football League is not a league like the NBA where you can be like, well, shoot, you know, you know, the, my, my top two players are out, so we just going to take this year. We're we going to tank the year like, you can't tell teams to tank because this is a contact sport and somebody can get hurt seriously um, to the point of no return. But um, I don't feel, I mean, what, what did the 49ers do right now, man? Because it looks like they tied between them and the Buffalo Bills is the worst team in football right now. The only thing, the only thing San Francisco 49ers can do is show up every week because it's mandatory by the league. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing. They are NFL team and by by NFL rules, they are required to attend the game. That is the only thing. That's the only thing that they can do. Other than that, man, I, they can't compete unless they go. I don't even know. Uh, who's their backup quarterback? CJ uh, oh, Bethard. Yes, that is the quarterback that they yeah. So, and, and here's another thing that people fail to realize, and I, and I talked about this earlier today, is that Kyle Shanahan is not, you know, everyone says that Kyle Shanahan is this end-all, be-all quarterback whisperer guy, but wasn't he the same offensive coordinator that got Robert Griffin third, Nito out the frame? Man, listen, I, the Shanahan's, the Shanahan's, they sabotaged Robert Griffin the third from the get-go, and then mm-hmm. they made him out to be the bad guy. I was, in, I was actually in the uh, DMV area during that time, and you should hear talk radio, and they just didn't they, they just didn't use Robert Griffin the way that, that he, you know, he should have been used. And then he was even trying to tell them, you know, listen, I want to become more of a pocket, a pocket passer. He wanted to protect himself. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that. They wanted, you know, they wanted Robert Griffin to get out there and run. And he was successful his rookie year, but by the same token, he's like, I'm trying to preserve. And look what happened. He, he ended up getting hurt anyway, because he, they wouldn't preserve, you know, he couldn't preserve himself. So, Yeah. So, you know, it, it is, it is mighty funny because Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator at, uh, around that time, too. So, um, I don't know what the 49ers do, but I definitely think this is, uh, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think this is karma. Like I said, you guys go out and spend, spend uh, how much did Jimmy Garoppolo get? Like $80 million guaranteed or something? It was something stupid. He got something fat. And he got $135 million. I know that's what Yeah, he got, he got $135 million. I believe 80, 80 million of it that was guaranteed. So you got 80 mil that's guaranteed for a guy who put up the same exact numbers as Colin Kaepernick did his last six games. And they did not win. I mean, they won five games, but I mean, well, you all might as well just kept Colin Kaepernick is what I'm just saying at the end of the day. Y'all could have just restructured Colin Kaepernick's deal. I know he opted out because he knew he was going to be released. Y'all should have just re-signed him, renegotiated the deal. You got to think about it. Colin Kaepernick played with three, three different offensive coordinators his last three years in the league. Like, what did you expect? Like that's no different than um, who's my man's name up in uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but it was another player. He was a quarterback for all. Jason Campbell up in Washington uh, before they got Robert Griffin III. Jason Campbell's throwing up okay numbers, but he played for so many different offensive coordinators, it made him look garbage. Like you can only go as far as you can as well when you're with your coaches is getting you. So I just feel like this is karma. So like I said. You know, I definitely hope that Jimmy Garoppolo does have a speedy recovery, but at the same time, like, as an organization for the 49ers, man, like, I did, hey, you reap what you sow, man. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, so, the 49ers, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I don't see it. You're talking about an organization that clearly 
has been in a decline since Jim Harbaugh left, and so I, I don't, I, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't expect anything from them, and I don't even like. I don't even know. It's gonna take years before the San Francisco 49ers become successful again. I mean, they gave Chip Kelly a shot, bro. Come mm-hmm. on now. Exactly. Well, what is management? What is management thinking? They they signed Kyle Shanahan and uh, uh, John Lynch to multi-year contracts and knowing that they're not going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, they don't even, they don't have any talent. Like I seen them when they came here for OTAs and I'm just looking out on the field and I'm like y'all don't have any talent. Y'all got Marquis Goodwin and even if McKinnon was healthy, I mean, now you tell me your top 5 uh, Jared McKinnon plays. I can't even think of top 3 Larry. I mean, I just know he was a running back for Minnesota last year and he split time with Latavius Murray. And the only reason why I knew who Latavius Murray was is because he had a thousand yard season with the Oakland Raiders before he ended up signing with the um, Minnesota Vikings. So that's one McKinnon with the Jets as well. I believe so. So like, I mean, yeah, like you said, then that's the thing about the NFL contract is like you invest so many, like I think the percentage goes like, I think he's making like 13% of the NFL of the team's salary. So you invested so much money into him. You, I don't even think if, if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, that they would have been a, a playoff bound team. I think they would have been like maybe a six or a seven win team, but I don't think they was going to sit there and make all this noise that a lot of people in the city are thinking like, I don't think he's that good is my thing. And it's just too early to tell uh, about this guy. Like what, what do we have on Jimmy Garoppolo besides the fact that we'd say is that he came from Tom Brady's tree and he supposedly won five games last year, but you got to think about it. They played a very, very pop tart schedule and some of the teams that they ended up playing, they had already threw, the, threw it in, so they, they wasn't even really playing for anything at that point. So, I mean, it's it's just very interesting. So, I don't know what they end up doing. I mean, they can get a number one draft pick, but they need help on the offense side. I mean, they need help all over the field, really, man. Like, they're just a disaster that, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo coming and signing that huge contract with them kind of filled that void for them. Yeah, um, I, man, listen, I, the only thing, listen, the only thing interesting about Jimmy Garoppolo is the fact that I wonder if, you know, the, the porn star with the golden touch, I wonder if she reached out to him now that he's been hurt. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So it'll be definitely interesting. Maybe if he would, uh, you know, it, 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 like you said, it, 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 you know, he, I, that was already brought up too. That was, that was interesting that he already out here spending some money, some money on, uh, some companionship. So I don't know what his deal is, but, uh, I don't know. Is it, San Francisco, like they weren't. For, I don't. I don't get it. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and the show must go yeah. on. But uh, and another thing is, he should have just stepped out of bounds. What was he sitting fighting for another inch? That's what Justin used to say. Like, bro, what were you doing? Like, you should have just stepped out of bounds. Like, it was there was no time for this end on be on Macho Man Randy Savage type of thing. And now look at you, you're out for the year, and possibly if not longer than that. So, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to be starting week one of next year. Like, this is a $80 million investment. Like, you're not going to sit them rushing back on the field. At least I wouldn't. But we'll see what they end up doing. But, uh, man, uh, what would you think about the uh, Seattle Seahawks picking up the first win against the Dallas Cowboys, man? They deserve it. The Dallas Cowboys are a team that's in constant disarray, bro. And it's 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 in constant disarray. It's in constant frustration mode. It's just like you don't know what Dallas Cowboy team you're going to get. There's no there's no 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 excuse for a running back having 16 yard uh, 16 carries for 127 yards. There's no and you don't keep running him. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for Dak Prescott going into the fourth quarter with 58 net total mm-hmm. yards and finished the game with uh, 168. And I think at one point, Dak had only had four yards passing for the uh, 
for the for the game at, at one point. So it, it it you look at it in the defense only gave up twenty four points, and normally you can still win. I guess yeah, you can still definitely. win with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're when when you're when the Cowboys go three and thirteen on third downs, man, that constantly puts the defense back on the field and back on the field and back on the field. So they're like, what are we supposed to do? Like, what are we literally? What are we supposed to do? That can't. Dak is so ineffective that it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the offense. I don't know if Jason Witten and uh, Des Bryant just was able to fill up so much of the void of the of the the the, the youth of uh, Dak Prescott. Um, I don't know what it. I don't know if that may be the case. I know it's Travis Frederick. Uh, you know, shot for, for first of all, man, the, the stuff that he's going through, man. I send my prayers out to him because. What Travis Frederick's going through with that, uh, what is it, cancer or something, some type of ailment that he's he going a, through? He's got, he has his, he has his nervous system is breaking down on him, so he's going yeah. through it like a, sounds like a degenerative type nervous, nervous system disease. Yeah, so you know that that's just so so misfortunate to hear about that, and you know from what I hear that he's just an overall good guy, so you know I definitely send my prayers out to him, and I just hope that you know somehow they find it into a, like a remission stage because he's the anchor of that offensive line. And for those of y'all don't think centers don't do nothing but hike the ball and, and long snap it for uh, the shotgun formation, y'all that y'all might want to sit there and do y'all homework. Those are the guys that sit there and look at the coverage, show who's the ID, who the mic is, sit there and just slide the coverage and all this and that. So without Travis Frederick being in there, that's, that's definitely putting a hindrance on the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But also, you know, and I'm not going to stall out Dak Prescott all the way, but Dak Prescott has nobody throwing the ball to. And I know we talked about it last week. You know, I don't think, you know, if uh, if uh, Alan Hearns walked in Shipley's, Shipley's Donuts, I don't think nobody would recognize who he is because I, I don't even know who Alan Hearns would be if he walked by me. And I lived in Jacksonville for a year. So, I mean, <laughs> he might have walked down to me at the, at, the, uh, at the Regency Mall and I never sat there and knew who he was. So, um, it, it's just... It, he doesn't have enough uh, weapons around him. And also, you know, <laughs> Zeke Elliott just only touching the ball 16 times ain't going to help you out either because there's no way if you got this guy having 16 carries for buck 27 on the ground that you just stop beating in the ball. That obviously means that Seattle can't stop the run. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do, but, um, man, I don't know. It, like you said, they should have reached down and got Calvin Ridley if they knew they were going to give up Des Bryant at the, this offseason. It doesn't make, like I said, bro, it just doesn't make any sense that you would have a team like, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense that you have a team like the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, overall, they don't have, they don't have a lot of talent. And so my, my thing is this, is that, you know, honestly, I don't know what Deontay Thompson can do. I don't know what Alan Hearns can do because Alan Hearns had two catches yesterday. Alan Hearns had two catches for like 20, 22 yards. Deontay Thompson had two catches for 23 yards. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley had like three catches for 46, 46 yards. yards. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, my thing is this: like I don't, I don't know what they can do because Dak can't get them the ball for us to even see. Like, well, <laughs> I, I, I wonder what their yak is. <laughs> oh, the right yards at the catch. Yeah, I, I wonder what that is, man. Because I'm like Dak is not, and Dak is not putting them in position to catch. And what I mean by that is, like, at, at some point, they're, they're wide receivers in the NFL for a reason. I mean, at some point, they could either, they could catch, they may not be able to break away from nobody. But by the right. same token, if you're not even putting them in a position to make the catch. Right, you're right, not even right, putting right. them in a position to, to, you know, to be successful. You, you're, not, you're not setting them up for success. So you're setting them up for failure. 
Yeah, man, and I, I, I don't know what they end up needing to do, but some, I mean, like you said, these these guys are in the National Football League as wide receivers, so they need to start acting like a wide receiver, um, especially Alan Hearns, man. Like, this dude has a thousand-yard season. Like, he's got a couple thousand-yard seasons under his belt. I don't know if he was the guy who's supposed to replace Dez Bryant. I don't know, but, I mean, if you got a thousand-yard season under your belt with Blake Broders as your quarterback... Come on, bro. You should know. You should be knowing that you you should be able to know how to play the wide receiver position with a guy like Dak Prescott. Because in my eyes, I think Dak Prescott is better than Blake Bortles, but he ain't been showing that. But uh, I don't know what Dakota's going to end up doing, Mr. Dakota Prescott. Um, he needs to figure it out. But on the other hand, man, um, what's going on with Earl Thomas? Because this joker out here is just acting like I think he think he think I don't know if he thinks he's Lady on Bell. But the, all the little antics that he's doing is just very, very interesting, man. And, and uh, you know, he skipped two days with the practice, and now they're talking about he might have to give up a game check, which could result up to about another $500,000 of fines. Um, but, uh, he, I mean, he was out there just flying all over the field, man. He's up and got two interceptions. Um, what's going on with him? He out here just, you know, taking bows in front of uh, Jason Garrett and, and, and his coaching staff. Well, almost like he out here, you know, basically sitting auditioning uh, to try to play for, uh, for the Cowboys, man. He wants, to, he wants to get paid, bro. And I mean, I don't think, I don't, I won't say that the way or his method, his, his way of going about getting paid is not the right way. I will say that. But by the same token, I mean, when you're dealing with, you, you look at it like this, man. First of all, nobody wants to play for Pete Carroll. Point blank, period. I don't know why. Like, Pete's a great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy, but don't nobody want to play for him anymore, except Russell Wilson. And, and Russell Wilson is getting to the point because now they're starting to bicker and argue. So Earl Thomas is at that point where if you're going to make me suffer by being on a Pete Carroll-led team, then I want to get paid. And I want to get paid as the talent that I am. He's a great talent, bro. He's probably by far the best free safety in the National Football League, if you ask me. And, like, the things that he can do as far as just being able to shut down, you know, he basically takes so much pressure off the cornerbacks with uh, Shaquem Griffin, and I can't think of the other uh, cornerback's name right now off the top of my head, but uh, he takes so much pressure off of them because he knows, he tells them, like, hey, y'all let him pass me, I got y'all, like, I, I'll take care of it. Like, he's able to sit there and cover up some of those holes that the cornerbacks end up giving because he's kind of, like, playing that center field for them. So um, it's it's definitely interesting to see, but um, – if that's all, and you know, and like you said, the way he's going about it is just wrong. Like, if you wanted to get paid, you should have just held out for the whole year. And, um, you know, now they came back in week 11, like Le'Veon Bell's gonna do and get all his money. Yeah, so like, my thing is, if you wanted to get paid, you should have just held out, but now you're on the team. So, you're not, now you're just putting, you're not making any, you need to make it about your team, not about you. Hey, if you're gonna hold out, that's cool, just hold out. But don't make now that you're on the team. Don't make this all about you because that's just you know that's just not sending a good message out to to your teammates. Also, it's almost like you're not here to win. You just out here to sit there and show out. But I mean, everybody know what you can do on the field. So if you would have did all that, you might have you was just better off holding out, man. That's that's just my take on it. But you know, Seattle, they're in the, you know it, it looks like you know it might be between be between them and the L.A. Rams because I mean Arizona out here putting uh, Mr. Rosen in two minutes left in the game talking about he's gonna be the next starter. So. I don't see nothing uh, panning out well for them. Uh, San Francisco, they don't have nothing going on. So if Seattle could somehow be able to rip off a couple of games in a in a in a, in a succession, they may be able to uh, 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 maybe give LA a run for their money. But the Rams look by far the best team in football right now. Like they just look really really good, man. Yeah, they they and you know the the Rams the Rams did it. I, I put it like this: the Rams are doing it the way they they're following the model of. 
of what uh, the Golden State Warriors did in basketball. They're like, look, we want to win now at all costs. We don't care about paying a luxury tax. Mm-hmm. We don't care how much it's going to cost us. We want to win right now. So we'll go out. We'll pay Aaron Donald his money. We'll pay. Is Marcus Peters with them? Yeah, he got traded to them. Yeah, Marcus. We'll pay Marcus Peters. We'll pay um, uh, uh, Tlaib. We'll pay. Yeah, we'll pay Indama Kasuf. Like, we, it doesn't matter. We know that Jerry Goff is going to need to get paid. We'll pay Todd Gurley. We mm-hmm. want to win. And that's the motto that they have right now. And, you know, and it, it, it win at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I look at it. And they are by far the best team in the NFL. It's, it's so hard to find a weakness on the Rams right now. No, not at all, man. Like, as far as if you look at the offensive side of the ball, when they got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, um, uh, Cooper Cup is a nice uh, tight end out there, and then you got Todd Gurley, and then you, you move on the other side of the ball, like you said, Aaron Donald and the Dr. Sue. They got a nice linebacking core, and then you got probably probably the best secondary in football with Aqib Tlaib as well as uh, Marcus Peters um, holding it down out there. So by far, they look like they are the best team in football. So um, barring any injuries, I know Aqib Tlaib looks like he might be out for a month with a high ankle sprain. And, Marcus Peters, uh, he he was in a walking boot as well. Um, bar any major injuries, it'll be definitely interesting to see who can stop them guys. But uh, uh, moving on, and I think that I'm just going to touch on this real quick just because it is my team, man. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, man, I don't know. I just don't understand how they can't put four quarters of constant football in because if you look at they play really, really good first-half football. But, I'm, you know, I started saying it was a, it was a defense's fault. Uh, with these second half lapses, but I'm gonna start. I'm blaming this on the offense. It's just like the offense can't score at all in the fourth quarter. Once again, they lost again to the Miami Dolphins, 28 to 20, and they got out here and just got hold. They 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 was out here just running all kinds of trick plays on them in the second half, and they just made them look so silly. And at the end of the game, it wasn't even funny. Um, you know, Marshawn Lynch had a really good game. Uh, Derek Carr didn't have a bad game, but it's just I don't know what's going on with with they just have like this mind block. Um, there's just like this. They just run into this mental block at the end of the in, the in the second half where they just can't move the ball down the field. And next thing you know, they getting scored. They getting lit up on the scoreboard on the on the back end of the games, man. Yeah, didn't they? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they regress and stop giving uh, Amari Cooper the ball? Is this like the seventh time out of nine, seventh out of nine games that he hasn't had over like 20 yards rushing? I mean, 20 yards receiving or something like that. Yeah. So it's like. It, so here's what I've noticed. It's like. Derek Carr does not know how to spread the ball around. So if you look at week one against the Rams, he depended on Jared Cook, uh, the tight end, a lot. I think Jared Cook had like 10 catches for like 180 yards. Week number two was uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had like 11 catches for about buck 16, buck 17. And then yesterday, it was Jordy Nelson's turn for six catches for a buck 73. And then if you look at it, the next person is the stat back, Jalen Richard, with six catches for 59 yards. Like, how is your running back the second leader in catches in your third string running back at that is the second leading receiver for the team. Like, he just, it's something, I don't understand how he's not able to distribute the ball around. Even if you look at what uh, 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 the Falcons were doing with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, yes, he was dependent on Julio Jones too much, but now if you look at it, they're distributing the ball around where Calvin Lilly's able to go off for a buck 50 on the uh, catching the ball. Julio Jones still had 90, uh, 97 yards, I believe, catch it. And Muhammad Sanu still had about a couple of catches with a touchdown. I just don't know why Derek Carr has these mental blocks where if he sees the hot hand, like he just keeps feeding in a hot hand, not realizing that, hey, this is football. We can sit there and roll coverages where we're going to sit there and show, man, but still have a safety over the top helping out 
and now we're going to sit there and lock down Jordan Nelson. And as far as Amari Cooper goes, he needs to sit there and say, give me the ball every every game. Like, it can't be no every other game. It needs to be throw me the ball every time I'm open. And I just don't see that aggressiveness with Amari Cooper, man. Yeah, I, I don't either, man. I, I don't I, I don't know what the it, it, I don't know what the what the Raiders are doing, man. And I don't see any long term plan for the Raiders. I don't know. You know, I picked them on yesterday because of week two and their offensive prowess. And I thought that David Carr had turned the corner by getting the ball to Amari Cooper, but I mean they got to Miami act like they know how to play again. So I mean we're right <laughs> back to the drawing board where we I don't see them winning the game for a very long time. No, man, and I'm like, I'm gonna go on and limb and say the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield is gonna sit there and beat Oakland. Uh, I don't care what the spread says. They said that Oakland's favored by two and a half points. No, Oakland, uh, don't don't. If you want to put some, want some money, go ahead and put it on the Cleveland Browns. Cause I I see them beating the Oakland Raiders at home uh, this Sunday coming up, man. Because uh, they they don't look like they. I don't know if they John Gruden knows what he's doing because he looks like he's just super duper out of touch with what he's got going. Because that defense, they can't, uh, literally, man, like, they cannot put any pressure on the ball whatsoever. Like, they just can't. There's no pressure whatsoever going towards, uh, they can't, the front four can't get any pressure. If you're depending on Bruce Irvin, who's never had no more than nine sacks a year as your end-all, be-all feature guy, man, you, you went for a rude awakening. That's what they are right now, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't, like I said, man, the, the Raiders are in such disarray, and I don't see them, you know, getting any better, especially with this, uh, latest report that came out that says John Gruden has his own staff now and you know it's uh it's a uh, uh, another big dust up it's another dust up excuse me in the organization where you're just like well, what are you gonna do man every time we look around Gruden it's something mm-hmm. else and something else mm-hmm. and something else so yeah man so there you have it man those are some of our uh top pick our top recap games that we had over some of the most marquee games and top storylines of the national football league man uh we hope y'all enjoyed it but before we sign on out of here man we'd like to do this at the end of each uh show that we do man every time uh we go like mike's go live man we definitely have the big dummy award man so uh with that being said bb who you got as your big dummy award man I'm going to give my big dummy award to Dak Prescott and the fact that, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and just the fact that, you know, I could, uh, I, I'm, we're tired of, we're tired of the coach speak, Dak. We're tired of, we were tired of hearing, you know, the same thing every week. We got to get better. We got to do this. We got to do it. No, you got to get better. <laughs> you need to go and you need to find yourself one of those quarterback gurus and work with them. You got to find Tony Romo and ask him to help you. Somebody, man, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Hey, man, does it mean it seems like he's almost like a bootleg version of Russell Wilson? But, like, Russell Wilson has a little bit more talent than Dak Prescott, man. With all that rah rah speeches, man, I don't know what it is about him. But, uh, first of all, Dak Prescott, you definitely ain't invited over to the barbecue just off of some of the antics that you pulled earlier this season, uh, with the comments that you made. So, uh, you know, you can go ahead and keep, uh, I don't know, maybe he's too worried about, uh, being on these commercials. He's out here on the, uh, what's that oak, the yogurt commercial that they pulled Cam Newton off of? He didn't re- replace him with. Uh, o- Okino or something like that. Okino, what's the other uh, time? It's 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 one of yeah. It's one of those things, man. I have uh, I have no I have no clue on who it is. But uh, but yeah. So that's your big dummy today. My big dummy today, and I don't know if you heard about this. So I'm I'm, a, I'm a, I hope I'm filling you in and I'm enlightening you or something. But uh, I'm gonna say the National Football League is my big dummy today. And the reason why I'm saying the National Football League is because. Do you know who's performing this year at the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, Maroon 5, right? Do you know where the Super Bowl is at, man? It's in Atlanta. So you mean to tell me y'all couldn't give Outcast a call? Y'all couldn't give Ludacris a call? 
y'all can get Jermaine Dupree or somebody a call. Like, right? This this is the mecca of, of where rap down south rap music comes from. And y'all got Maroon Five? Like what? Like Bro, they're never gonna get. They're, listen, they're, they're never gonna. They still have nightmares of gonna get you naked by the end of this song, and then Jack Jack's <laughs> food pops out. But my, and I get it, like, but here's my thing, man, like, Maroon 5, really, you right there in the mecca of, of where rap music, one of the home, like, base roots of rap music, you got LA, New York, and then most of the time, you either gonna sit there and say Texas, and then Atlanta and Florida, like, how could you have goofed this up, like, way to go NFL, I hope Maroon 5 somehow ends up getting the rap audition in, but, man, I'm a, yo, I'm a, you know, it's almost like we get to see Bruno Mars every other year, but we can't sit there and get, you know, outcast. I mean, come on now. We could have got somebody out there, but room five. So, National Football hey. League, give us up. Hey, look, hey, count your lucky stars. It could have been Gaga all over again. <laughs> You're right about that. So, but it looks like we, you know, uh, the NFL, you know, the NFL rosters is 90, well, over 70% comprised of African Americans, and yet we still don't get any representation uh, as far as advertising and, you know, who we want to target. So, well, way to go. No, no justice, no peace. Yeah, so way to go again. Uh, y'all ended up doing it again, but hey, it looks like we'll, uh, the consumers get what they want. So, uh, that's my big dummy of the day. Once again, BB, tell me where they can find you at, man. Uh, they can find me at Big Star Sports with a Z. Uh, on Instagram and they can find and it's on Twitter Brian L. Bearfield Big Sarge on Facebook and www.kylkradio.org every day from 3 to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sports Talk with Big Sarge on the legendary KYLK in the all-new 92.3 FM. And once again, my name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Ms. Compton. You can find me at Money Compton on Instagram as well as Eric Compton on Facebook. Email the show at big, uh, sportsbusiness at gmail.com. You can also catch me every Thursday on the legendary KYOK at 3.30 Central Time when I sit in with my big brother, Mr. Brian Belfield, on his radio show, Sports Sports Talk with Big Sarge on legendary KYOK. Like I said, you don't have to be in Houston. Just click on is it www.kyok.org or .com. www.kylkradio.org. There you go. So check us out. You don't have to be in the Houston area to show us some love. But hey, once again, we appreciate everything that y'all do. Appreciate the love and support. Hey, on the airways, I got to tell you, Mr. BB, I appreciate everything that you do. If it ain't never been Ted, you know, I can never tell you enough, man. So I appreciate everything that you do. Side note, it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers looks like they didn't got it together because they are right now. Uh, beginning of the second half, got uh, uh, all up in uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, 30 to 10. But, you know, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that uh, later on this week, man. But uh, like I said, man, we appreciate everything that y'all are doing. We out, man. I'm out.